Hi, Tim Roy for Warriors Radio. Always a pleasure to welcome in former NBA head coach Jeff Van Gundy and current uh, analyst for ESPN and ABC. And uh, Coach, welcome back to Northern California. I know you spent a good deal of time here, or at least some time here as a youth. Yeah, it's great to be back. It's such a beautiful area. San Francisco today, nothing better. <laughs> Tell me about this season for you. What do you, what do you see? Let's start with the defending champions, and they're playing at such a high level right now with that winning streak. But LeBron is really starting to put himself into the conversation as you know one of the top two or three players of all time. He is. I mean, if he if he retired today, to me, there's no doubt he'd be a top ten player of all time, and he's still got at least half of his career left. I think his improvement as a jump shooter now makes him completely unguardable. And if you're going to beat Miami in a playoff series, you're not going to do it by downsizing and playing quick with them. They're too good when they play four perimeter players. You're going to have to stay big and pound them in the paint. When you talk about that, are there teams that you see around the league that can do that? Well, I think in the East, I think if Derrick Rose can make an Adrian Peterson-like recovery, uh, I think Chicago has a front line that can hurt them rebounding-wise and protecting the rim. I think Indiana uh, can do the same. Both of those teams, though, uh, compromised their depth uh, this past offseason. They're not as deep. So I think they'd still be a stretch to see them beating them in a series. And then out west, I think uh, any of the top three teams, Clippers, San Antonio, and Oklahoma City, would have a shot. But I think right now you'd have to say... The Heat is the favorite. We just saw Indiana. We saw Chicago before. Has to warm your heart to see the commitment those franchises have to the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and when you stay big like that, not just in the front court, but on the perimeter, you have a chance to be a good defensive team. The teams that play small, it's really hard in this league to play small and and be a quality defensive team. I think the thing every team is striving for is balance. You know, where you can score the ball in a myriad of ways and then defensively you have enough to protect the basket, keep teams off the free throw line and and have the ability to close to the three-point line. I think that's what Mark Jackson's trying to do here with the the, the commitment for the Warriors and and there's no question, you know, when uh, Landry and Lee are the four or five, it's hard for the Warriors at times to protect the rim, but when you have Bogut or Azili out there, you can do it. Exactly, And and that's why I'm amazed at the record the Warriors have. I think they're one of the great stories because to trade a terrific player like Monte Ellis and get basically no production from the guy that you trade for in Bogut due to injury, it's hard to believe they're sitting in the competitive Western Conference, you know, squarely in the playoff picture and should qualify now. And I think it's so important for Bogut to get back to being engaged in a factor because if he is their ability to score differently. They can throw the ball into him in the post, and he's such a great passer that he can create some shots you know, for the perimeter guys and as a rebounder and as a shot blocker. So hopefully for them, he can get back to playing and playing well. How long does it take to get a team to get committed to the defensive end? Well, I think what you said is right. I think the Warriors have a good level of commitment, but I just don't think they have the capabilities Uh, with some of the lineups they're forced into playing. And I think they've made the right decisions as far as they're playing to win, so sometimes they're going to have to outscore you. Uh, They're not going to be able to stop you. 
I do like uh, Clay Thompson as a defender. I think he's uh, uh, underrated. Everyone talks just about shooting, but I, I like his ability with his length, pretty good feet, seems pretty smart as a defender. Um, he's got a tall task ahead of him tonight, but I think they have to add more guys who are two-way players so that they complement you know, guys like Curry. Um, no question that Clay's on-ball defense this year has been outstanding at times. Let's talk about a couple of things that are near and dear to both of our hearts. Uh, the non-call. Can we get the non-call back into to the uh, as far as block charge and, and, and plays like that? I, I agree. I, I think there was a play the other night uh, where the shot was released and it almost had gotten through and they gave Battier a charge. It was in a Memphis game. Gave Battier a charge and he was well positioned, but the shot was already gone out of his hand. It's the same thing when a guy passes the ball. It used to be, and you know this in the NBA, yeah. the pass used to be thrown and then there was contact. It was a no call, it was play on. Yeah. To me, those are college calls. And you know, it just, I don't know why in the NBA they now feel the need to instruct their officials to make those calls and slow down the games and take away what are usually terrific plays. We had a call the other night and it benefited the Warriors. The other team's bringing the ball up the floor and there's an off the ball charge with the ball barely across half court, guy cutting down the lane. And it was, I, I couldn't believe it. Utter nonsense. Yeah. You know, I, to me, that isn't basketball skill if a guy's running down the court to jump in front of him. Yeah. You know, and I, I just think, unfortunately, too often now we're taking our officiating cues from the college game instead of the other way around. Um, I liked when the, the pro game, hey, let's say it's it, now on the, in the college game, it's much more physical on the perimeter in a college game than it is in the NBA game, which I'm fine with, but then we don't need to have all these block charge calls. I, I, I don't know if they have to move the, the restricted line out more that Don Nelson was a big proponent of, right. but far too many charges now versus Teams going up to block shots. And to just stay in front of your guy and playing defense and getting him to slow down. As an NBA head coach, what what uh, what do you think are the keys to getting your team to buy into what you want them to do? Well, I think most players know what it takes two way. I think the difficulty is getting them to sacrifice to do what it takes to win. So as a head coach, and Bill Walsh said this long ago the great 49er coach. Your job as a head coach is get, to get players to do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they want to achieve. So the players all want to win, have success, make money, but getting them to do all those things that it takes to get that goal, uh, that accomplishment, very difficult. So I think that's the number one thing. You know, when you start getting and accumulating good players, the idea of sacrifice, getting your best players to both sacrifice on offense and set a tone defensively and with all the dirty work, to me, it's what has to happen before a team can make a jump. And that's what impresses me so much about the Warrior team this year, Tim, is that even though they're not a great defensive team, they're trying. Right. And of course, with the firepower they have, they have to be just good enough sometimes. Absolutely. Listen, these are the two of the hardest to guard teams in the NBA playing in this game. I could watch this game every night. This could be a best of 82 for me because uh, both teams are so gifted, so skilled, and score so easily at times. 
it makes it look like the other team's not trying defensively, but that, that's not the case. I think you're going to see a highly competitive game, but I think it's going to be, you better be ready to put up 110 points if you're going to win it. No question. Do you miss Mark? I do. I, I miss I miss his humor. I miss his insight. I, I was so, I, I really benefited when I was an assistant coach with the Knicks way back when, that the first team I got into the NBA with was Mark Jackson, Charles Oakley, and Patrick Ewing. And we're all similar ages. Um, and they gave me respect before I, I even knew anything about NBA basketball. And I'm so appreciative of all he's done for me. Well, you're always uh, gracious with your time. We always really appreciate that. And keep doing the job you're doing because, uh, A, selfishly, I learn something when I, I watch you on TV, and I know our fans do too. Thank you so much.